Hi, I'm Shannon Applecline of Designers and Dragons, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial Table Talk RPG Talk. This week, Morris, PJ, and Jessica look back at 2023 in RPGs and the industry. In the news, Wizards of the Coast has an AI art controversy. Again, 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 BizoCon is coming to local game stores, a new Disney RPG from Ravensburger, and more. Plus, a brand new sketch about confronting the GM about Tone and her games. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. Fleetway Incorporated is a reliable and speedy courier. They only employ the best ex-highwaymen and former pirates, so you know your precious cargo is in safe hands. With the region's largest stable of Pegasi, next day delivery is almost guaranteed. Extra charges apply for deliveries free of Pegasus dung. All the tabletop role-play news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial Tabletop RPG Hello, hello, hello And welcome to Morris's unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris Or Morris, a.k.a. Russ and with me this week is... PJ Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. For us, it is a delight to be here. I am so excited. It's been a week of change and difference and so forth. Uh, but enough about me and my dice and dumplings. Instead, let's talk about the person who actually did take the Hobbits to Isengard. It's the one! It's the only! It's... It's me, Jessica from EM Publishing. Thank you for the hype up this week, Peter, as always. And now I have got that they're taking the Hobbits to Isengard video in my head. <laughs> we spent a lot of time on YouTube this week, so that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> they're taking the Hobbits to Isengard. 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 <laughs> There's an old relic of the internet. Okay. Hey, I have an idea. Why don't, and this is just a crazy idea, a bit out there, a bit out there. What we could do is we could do some TTRPG news. How about it? We always do that. Though. Peter, that's not why we're here. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, it is. You're right. Yeah, absolutely right. Who who wants to start off with this um, tabletop role playing game news? I, I'll start because we have some uh, some bad news to That's, start with. We have yes. some sad news to start mm-hmm. with. So, um, industry veteran uh, General Jackie's passed away this week at the age of sixty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, she had been ill for a while with Guillain Barr syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and passed away, I think it was Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? Yeah, it, it was, was Wednesday. Wednesday yeah. yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, um, Chanel was like kind of instrumental. It was one of those industry legends that's been around for a long time. And the development of not just D&D, but like the whole tabletop gaming. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're playing a game, it's probably been influenced by her in some way at some point downstream. So, um, And not uh, just tabletop role-playing games. Oh, video games as well. Games yeah. As well. yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's I mean, known for work on uh, Dark Tower, Caverns of Thracia. Uh, also a, an artist, did lots and uh, lots of like uh, RPG covers you uh, you may recognise, like the, the 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 one for Dragon Mountain, which is that sort of red dragon on the um on on the rock in front of a big mountain, which is quite a famous cover. She worked for various RPG companies, can't name them all, but TSR, Judges Guild, and Chaosium are amongst them. Video game companies, Quake, Age of Empires, things like that. You know, video games that you, yeah. you know and unheard of. And it was also um, an activist for trans rights. 
yeah. and was um, instrumental in bringing about some important legislation. She was creative director for Transgender Human Rights Institute um, <laughs> in Seattle, I believe that is, and uh, was actually um, instrumental in bringing about some important um, legislation during, uh, I think it was Obama administration, I believe. Mm. So, Overall, yeah. a um, very cool woman. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, creative director of the Transgender Human Rights Institute, specifically fighting against conversion therapy. Um, mm. Which is never good no. in yeah. any circumstances. It doesn't matter what you try to convert. Conversion therapy is pretty much antithetical yeah. to how and, therapy and help work. and help get it banned, basically. Well, well, mm, yeah, well, alas, yeah. Anyway, um, certainly made it fight, less of a go to. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I like. I really liked Shannon Applepine's blog, mm. uh, Designers and Dragons. Uh, Shannon wrote like some lovely stuff about yeah. her, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, it's very, it's you know, it's, it's, it's a sad, it's a sad day. It's not just a sad day, like you know, for her friends and family and stuff, but like for the industry, I think has really lost, it, you know, a, an important figure. It is really sad for the industry. I mean, as a lot of people might guess, I have an interest in women in tabletop RPGs. I'm in mm. lots of groups and things, and I have uh, mutual friends who were personal friends of Janelle. So it's mm. been a bit of an odd week. Literally on Wednesday, the one of the people I stream the Baldur's Gate stream with we do on wednesdays mm. was a, a friend of janelle's mm. and so on the day said hey this has happened i think i still want to stream but yeah not the best day so it's yes yeah, so it's been a bit of a week um speaking of fa- uh, family and friends and thinking of them if you do want to support or, or do something there is a gofundme page to pay for all the medical costs because janelle uh, lives in the united states of america and that's that's how that works. Um, um, so there is a GoFundMe page that's linked on EN World if you want to check that out. And a lot of people have been donating. There's about $95,000 been raised of their $100,000 target at the moment. Mm. Um, so if you would like to support family and friends, that is a good way to do it. Yeah. Is that for the family to pay for the um, accrued medical costs before she passed? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Okie dokie. Um, right then. Let's, let's yeah. move on to happier stuff, shall we? Or should yes. we start with... <laughs> no, actually, not, not happier stuff quite yet. <laughs> okay. Let's let's talk about AI again and art again. Ah. Oh. And then we'll move on to happiest stuff. Yeah. Yes, what um... did Wizards of the Coast do this week? That oh, would be our new segment for the, the show. Coast. I do because I've already yeah. recorded this week in tabletop RPG. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to like I don't know do something. It's not always Wizards of the Coast. That's no, true. But it frequently is, and it yeah. is in this instance as well. I think basically when you're the yeah. biggest company in the industry. You're going to have a lion's share of the news is going to be about you, and that includes a lion's share of the bad news. So that's yeah. just a charitable way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, in fairness, they are such a big company, and they have so much. Well, let's let's do, let's do the story yeah. first. Okay, what, so, tell us what's happened, Russ. Yeah, not not so, a big fan of too big to fail. To be honest, I don't didn't really sit well with me that sort of line. But anyway, let's continue. What yeah, what, 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 what I, have they done now? So yeah. a, a short while ago, they put mm. out some. This is a Magic the Gathering rather than for D and D. But they put out yeah. some promotional images for Magic the Gathering. Oh, yes, right, yeah. And various people pointed out that these images looked like they were made by AI. Now, of course, okay. you know, with them recently being falsely accused of AI, it was kind of hot on the heels of that. Mm, mm. And uh, they, they responded initially by saying, no, these were not made by AI. These were uh, made by humans. Yeah. Um, and people and people like continue to say, look, it really, really does look like this is AI. It really, really, really does. Maybe mm. you should check with your artists and things like that. And uh, oh. Wizards, Wizards was this said... Was the thing with the... There was like a, a temperature or pressure gauge or something 
and it was all nicely laid out. And then at the last, it just had like a little bit extra squeezed in it that was really dodgy. I think that was one of the artifacts. There were several pieces mm. of art. I mean, that, uh, there was one that's gone around a bit more than others, but there were, I think there were like four emotional pieces in total from, from the same artist. Right. Um, but uh, Wizards said, we understand confusion by fans given the style being different than card art, but we stand by our previous statement this art was created by humans and not AI. The, that's a tweet that has now been deleted. That ah, tweet has now been deleted, yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. A few days later comes another tweet. Hmm. <laughs> and this tweet said, Hmm, well, we made a mistake earlier when we said a marketing image we posted was not created using AI and then went on to explain read exactly on how that happened. Yeah, read on for more. So uh, what essentially happened was they got the art from a third-party vendor. I mm-hmm. don't know what that means specifically. That might mean something like a stock art company or a studio. Or I don't know what that means exactly, a vendor, but mm. um, they, they got the uh, art from this vendor and it turns out, after investigation, yes, it is in fact AI art. Right. So, so, so after they said that they wouldn't do AI art in final products, I suppose they just said, "Well, we'll do AI art and then change it up afterwards." Well, they they have said that they're evaluating how they work with vendors yeah. beyond final products. So things like marketing images will make sure that those values are across the board. I think this is mainly about diligence, isn't it? It's not. I don't think I don't think they deliberately used AI. I, I agree. Think they, but they didn't do enough diligence to make sure they weren't using AI. Mm. Is what happened. I can well, see how um, that happened because we at EN we it's happened to us. It's happened, it's happened to, us, to yeah. it's happened to us. We had yeah. something that we thought was by a human, and then we realised it was AI, so we didn't use it. Luckily, yeah, it didn't yeah we, we, we actually that. had to remove it and uh, replace it. In fact, because it was yeah. an already published, uh, it was an issue of Gatepass Gazette. Oh, it was an online, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was I mean, ages. It was ages. It was about a year. No, not a year, but it was it was a while ago. Yeah, a while ago. yeah. So, but so, it, so, certainly it trying happen. to find like stock art, mm-hmm. which isn't AI. Oh, is that's getting hard. That's getting hard. That yeah, is getting yeah. Hard. yeah. I, I um, mean, sometimes it's basically come down to uh, somebody showed an example, and I would never have spotted it because I'm not familiar with M16s, and they were using the grenade launcher trigger instead of the regular trigger. So I'm like, oh, okay. To oh, I wouldn't have spotted that either. Yeah, but I, then again, that could it. that could just be an artist who didn't know about M16s as well. You know, that's mm. sometimes these things. It's, it's, it is hard to tell. Very hard to tell. It's it is. I feel like being able to spot AI art is becoming a skill in the same way that certain people would know to look out for the fae. If you know what I mean. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, count yeah. the fingers. Don't yeah. do the details. There was one trick that I uh, that someone mentioned to me. So when you are searching for Google image searches mm-hmm. or you're searching mm-hmm. on clip art sites or you're searching mm-hmm. on um, stock art sites like Shutterstock or whatever, mm-hmm. one search term you can put on yeah. is before 2022. If it's mm-hmm. posted before 2022, if the art was put up there before 2022, it almost certainly isn't AIR. Yeah, yeah. So that is one filter you can oh, put on your searches and things. That's really good advice, actually. Yeah. 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 I mean, you um, can't necessarily say not AI because people, you know, you can't trust that people will tag things as uh, AI. But before 2022, they well, can't fake yeah. that. It's... And, and, and we, have, we have people coming along to muddy the waters. Because when we were talking about we don't want AI art in art, what we're talking about is parrot text slurrifying other people's works which have been taken without, like, permission, consent, mm-hmm. or payment, or anything like that. And then regurgitated to look in a like vaguely uncanny valley like what it was originally right mm-hmm. we're not talking about things like uh what's it red eye reduction 
or something like that. But there are people going, oh, well, we're addictions AI. What do you think about that? And it's like, I don't care about that. That's not producing whole new images, which is taking away from artists. Well, it's like if somebody photoshops an image. Yeah. yeah. I mean, AI yeah, yeah. Is, in, is getting integrated into more and more tools you use. You use um, Photoshop now, there are, there's AI stuff built into it. If you go yeah. on to Shutterstock or you go on to Canva yeah. or any of these sort of like creative um, tools mm-hmm. that on platforms online, there are now AI options um, that will generate text and images for you just built right into. Like, you go to Shutterstock, it's a stock art site. You have to buy, um, you know, you, you buy like credits and download, download art and you, have, and you get the license to use it. Um, and traditionally, of course, that's been by artists. Now, there's an AI button. It will generate some AI art, but yet still charge you for it, despite the fact that they haven't done anything. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. you know, it, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, um, it's not something that's going away, is it? This is going to be, this is going to be in the news constantly no, now. I we think. just, we just need to, I think with AI, like we said before, there just needs to find a way to regulate it. So it can be a tool that can be used in a way that's fair and ethical. Like, yeah. Like with anything, it's gonna be regulated. But, it's also gonna be enforced, though. That regulation—that's the—that's yeah. the hard part. You yeah. can make all, you can make all the laws you like, but if people just ignore them and no one does anything about them, it makes no difference. I mean, that's yeah, yeah that's very true. And I, I'm not the person to ask about how we do that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, a couple of things that spring to mind: uh, Adobe opted in without seeking permission or consent. Everyone who uses their surf to uh, allow them to use their pictures to train their own, like large language model, um, mm. art generating thing. And in other news, a chap called Ben Zhao, Professor Ben Zhao at the University of Chicago, um, recently released a survey asking for artists to come and see if they could spot AI art. Uh, and it was running about 70%, because uh, they had 1,400 responses in less than a day. So not not the best, but I don't know how many of these were artists. So it was so better than chance, but not not great, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not not great, as you say. Yeah. So, yeah, not not much better than those AI art tool detectors, which aren't accurate either. Yeah, yeah it'd be really interesting to see mm. uh, what the false positives on that were. Yeah, uh, like mm. you know, people identifying actual art has created by um, a machine. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. getting very good. So you know, yeah. um, but equally, uh, it's already non-copyrightable and. Uh, that lawsuit is grinding its way. So I don't think AR is inevitable. I don't think we have to accept it. I don't think we should accept it. And ultimately, like, I would not like to try and be arguing for AI whatever when the companies themselves come out and say, oh, we can't work without using copyrighted material. I'm like, if you can't pay for your copyrighted material, maybe you don't deserve to be in business. But Mm. that's just me. I believe in paying for things. Mm. Old fashioned that way. Yeah, it's like, I, I can't afford to, to, to run... I can't afford to buy vans for my removal service. <laughs> I, I, have, I, have to, I have to steal vans. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I mean, when I do your house cleaning, I just throw it out on the side of the road. I mean, that's fine, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. that's not going to inconvenience anyone. No, exactly. It's like, you know, pay, pay your way, big companies, uh, especially if you've got venture capital, yeah. you know you can afford to. Anyway, anyway, anyway. anyway, anyway. And we, that's, we do that's talk about true. AI art quite a lot these days, but let's move on and... Um, well, well it's, it, it's an ongoing topic, unfortunately. It is if an they just topic. if they it just quit it and go home, we'd have to we wouldn't have to talk about it. Yeah. Well, then sure. we'd all run out of things to say, wouldn't we? So where yes. will we be? <laughs> yes. Give me, give me, a, give me a piece of news. I'll give you a piece of news. Uh, Paizocon. Paizo-Con. That's happening in 2024. Mm-hmm. Oh. So yeah, so they 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 do an online kind of convention as well every year. 
and it happens in in May and I'm uh, yeah 24th 27th of May it's mm-hmm. there's an online and in-person one and they're also this year doing in-person events at local game stores uh, across the US um so there's a whole list of them uh, it's a pilot program but there's a list of oh there's one in Manchester United Kingdom as well so they're uh, franchising PaisoCon kind of yeah <laughs> so pretty much it just means that yeah, they're able to branch out and hold, get local gaming stores involved and, you know, mm. run events and things. This is the pilot year, so it's like testing out to see if it works. Mm. Um, but there's an article in EA World, so you can see if any of your local um, gaming stores have that. Um, like there's Mox Boarding House, Fanboy 3, Mighty Meeple. There's, there's a list of them on there. Yeah. And so it's not huge at the moment, but I think they're doing it small this year, seeing how it works, and then they could expand Yeah, it's it a trial run, basically. Yeah, yeah. so um, the stores get things like... Um, exclusive access to things to organize play releases uh they get to participate in the interactive specials for pathfinder and starfinder um so it's kind of part of the convention so if you used to go online because of access and you prefer to go to your friendly local gaming store this this would be the chance to go get involved in the pilot and, and see what it's like yeah um but yeah i think that's really cool i love any initiative that props up gaming stores because yeah, because <laughs> I have a, yeah, mm. having owned one, I, I see the benefit they do to community building. You know, much like role-playing game clubs, they, they kind of serve that function. Mm. Um, and But it's a difficult thing to do, so I think it's great to do something to, to get involved, get people yeah. going there. Yeah, okay. There's my bit right. of news, which is well, a, a nice bit of news. Yeah, yes, you're welcome. I got, another, I got another nice bit of news. You want a nice bit of news? Yeah, I love nice I'll news. Would you like to play a Disney princess? Oh my god, yes! Yes, I would! Okay. So, this is coming <laughs> from Ravensburg, and it's a Disney-branded game, and it's called Chronicles of Light, Darkness Falls, yes. Disney Edition. Yes. <laughs> and in this game, um, you play Disney and Pixar heroines, mm-hmm. including Moana, is that how you pronounce that? Yes. Moana, Violet, yeah. Maid Marian, and Belle. Mm-hmm. From various Disney properties. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was to say, really. Um, <laughs> I um, do. Go on. <laughs> I know. So say, I read this and I was excited about it. Go on. But yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be thirty dollars. So it's it's like a board game storytelling thing. So it's kind of like uh, an introduction to role playing in the same way that like Hero Quest is. It's got those mm. similar kind of vibes for me. Mm. So yeah, it's coming to as a Target exclusive pre orders for thirty dollars on the seventh mm-hmm. of July this year, and then it's going nationwide to Target. So that's the US release dates. I don't have the rest of the world yet. But I will mm-hmm. tell you about it because I want a copy for my niece because I think this is great because she loves playing um, Hero Quest and this just mm. feels like that that style of storytelling game yeah. that will just lead you into it. Mm, um, nice. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, that's all I have to say about it. But yeah, it looks it looks very cool. But yeah, you're playing these characters and there's a they haven't said what the unknown evil is, but the darkness falls. There's a evil and they all have to cooperatively work together and go on quests to fight the darkness, mm. whatever that is. Nice. It sounds like a multiverse of uh, various strong, powerful figures who are coming together to uh, fight off the greater evil. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, interesting. Uh, fully designed and illustrated by women as well. Oh, that's so, nice. You know, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah I um, oh, I'm excited for that. I'll probably get that for my niece um, because she loves oh. playing Hero Quest. Her character mm. is uh, Spider Girl in that campaign. She right. plays an elf called Spider Girl. She has a great time. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Sp- Spider Girl the Elf is also a cheerleader, um, so I think she'll she'll I think she'll gel with this. So, um, I have some exciting news. The forges of Five E designers who developed for Level Up Advanced Rift Edition have been very busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall, we, shall we do a lightning whirlwind tour? Sure, if you like. 
Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So I put some links over to you, but we've got utility spells reader from Purple Martin Games, which is a whole pile of essentially they're not combat spells, they're for utility to help you out and ease your way. Things like beautif- uh, beautify creature, convenient retrieval, laundry day, and map marker. Mm-hmm. Plus, of course, uh, the Phantom Transcriptionist which I imagine will be very handy if your character is in a long meeting and you personally cannot be worried <laughs> remembering what it does. So yeah, that's all good and going. That's uh, $2 off try through RPG. Uh, we've got Extra Credits and Deeper Mysteries, which is from the talented Lars Torgerson at Roll and Bones Gaming. And this has new archetypes for the Scholar and Witch classes, which were mm-hmm. previously published uh, by Roll and Bones Gaming. Currently 30% off if you get in quick. Uh, there's 24 new synergy feet chains, and goodness, I, I gotta say, I am always slightly, like, in awe of the ability of people to make these synergy feet chains. These ones are specifically for the Witch and Scholar, and involve mm-hmm. uh, four new archetypes for other classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's uh, guidelines for time required to build an upgraded stronghold, a fully optional alternate set of rules for firearms, and an expansion to the Witch Bowl list. Okay, um, cool. Uh, and that's uh, that's seven dollars, and you get thirty percent off like some of the previous uh, works. Wow, um, he said thirty percent off, but it looks more like seventy percent off because you can snap up the whole set of things for thirteen dollars, which is pretty pretty yeah, tasty. That's yeah. a cool. bundle, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> so and then sort of a extra wombo combo plant witch press, uh, which uses is has <laughs> so plant witch press. Thought, which has produced this on behalf of Rolling Bones Gaming in many ways, has produced the Kitchen Witch archetype uh, and half magic. So, if mm-hmm. you're really into your cottage core and your D and D, good news. This is the uh, character concept for you. Uh, yeah, like you use nourishing power of food and drink, leave between their skills at the stove and/or cauldron to assist their allies and punish their foes. It's got a new class called Magic with twenty new spells and nine magic items to bring magic and whimsy of the half. Two characters with their witch, uh, witches or not, um, like it's it's a thing, it's a thing. So like you know, uh, like not my aesthetic, but yeah, I kind of like it. Um, so that is from Toil and Trouble Kitchen Witch Archetype and Half Magic for a Witch, seven ninety nine from Plant Witch Press. So there you cool, go, cool, cool, very nice, cool, cool, cool. Well, speaking of level up A five E, I did launch mm. the Gate Pass Gazette Annual this week. When I say I, I pushed the button because Russ was at the office on Tuesday. Yes. So I, I, <laughs> uh, I did it all by myself. I wrote book. I didn't know. I liked your work on dog people. I, I sat there and I, yeah, I pushed the button uh, on Kickstarter on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, and it's going really well. So it's exciting. So uh, people that know the Gate Pass Gazette is the official monthly magazine um, for Level Up A5E. Uh, every month we have like individual zines that can be printed or digital versions. Uh, that you can get via the Patreon or later on Drive RPG, and every year we do a hardcover compilation of the years of them. And so this is the second time we've done it, and uh, yeah, so loads of exploration challenges, archetypes, cultures, heritage, backgrounds, destinies, feats, uh, spells, uh, loads of so stuff. Much. items. That is so much specific. content in these things. It, yes. it, it, it is crammed full of ideas. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to getting my copy. And if you, and this is the 2023 Gatecast Gazette comp, annual compilation. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, yeah. And I believe if you're like, you know, saying, oh man, I wish I had got hold of the 2022 Gatecast Gazette compilation, you can actually get both of them at the same time yeah. 
in beautiful hardcover and PDF versions. Yes, yeah, there's, they're doing do. bundles for that. And if you are a patron of the Gate Pass Gate, you get a discounted version of it as well. Just went for that hey. as well. So if you're, we, we will ask proof of your patronship. Is mm. it called patronship? Uh, upon, yeah, patronage, upon... I think, is, is the technical word. <laughs> I like patronship. The patronship works. The ship of your patron. Um, but yeah, so we do a discounted <laughs> two of them. But anyway, that's live now. So if you're interested in that, you can yeah. check that out because that's what I've yeah. been doing at work this week. Yeah. And preparing for lots of conventions this year. We've been having yeah. talks. D&D stationery. By which I don't mean D&D is standing still. I mean stationery in the sense of notepads and journals. Desky and things. paper products. Okay. Desk things. So, these are officially licensed D&D things. Mm-hmm. And the first one is called the Dungeons and Dragons Book of Concealment. Oh. And basically, this is a, a hardcover journal with gridded pages, so you can draw maps on them, a hardcover case which unfolds into a four-panel Dungeon Master screen, mm-hmm. and you can pre-order that for $24. It's coming out in August, so it's a while off. And the other item is a Mimic. It is a treasure chest, a Mimic treasure chest notebook set. So you get a, a box um, that looks like a Mimic, and it's got five notebooks in there, each with a different monster on the cover. And uh, each of them has different type of paper. So one's lined, one's gridded, one's, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and that one is also coming out in August. That one is twenty seven ninety nine. So they D&D like things. Yeah. They feel like gifty things. Should you be encouraged yeah, to do that? Yeah, gifty things, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Christmas present for, uh, for a, a D&D player who you don't know what to get. It's a bit late for I Christmas, think. though, isn't it? We are in January now. What well, well, if it's coming out in August? It was coming out in August. Oh, that's it's for our thing. So yeah. I thought you meant it was that's out now. Christmas. Yeah, no, early Christmas. I oh, you're playing too far I ahead, Russ. Like, oh, I know. It's just that no, no. Russ is it's already a, excited for Christmas this year. He's already getting ready and making plans. Oh, I got my birthday first. That's, That's the big true. event this year. That is that is yeah, big birthday yeah. as well. You're that'd turning a, like 30. You're turning 30, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Anyway, more news. More news. Uh, I don't have much more news than that, to be honest. It's like I'm... a weird free sci-fi fantasy TTRPG. So what what was that? A weird, uh-huh. free, sci-fi, right. fantasy, TTRPG. I do like all of those things individually, all of those words you said. How does it come <laughs> together as one, mm. one so thing? This, it's a game called Troika, T-R-O-A-K-A exclamation mark. I played okay. that. Um, oh, yeah? yeah. Is um, it all the things that Russ just described? Is it weird, sci-fi? Um, well, the way I choose to describe Troika is it's like early 80s British science fiction. Mm, Which is kind of, heavily mixed with with fantasy, so it's basically weird fiction at that point. Yeah, like, it's like if you cross Dying Earth with Monty Python, I kind of feel because you got like backgrounds like the poorly made dwarf, fellow of the mm. sublime society of beefsteaks, and the sceptical Lamassu, along with some slightly less zany ones like the necromancer and like a regular dwarf. Mm. Yeah, like in the game I played, I was playing a demon hunter armed with silver weapons, and mm. we also had like a pan-dimensional surveyor who was coming mm. along with his laser pistol to like you know take measurements or surveys or something yeah. of what was going on yeah um it's it's a it's a it's a it's an interesting game it's quite fun quite light i glanced uh, at it very quickly because mm. it's free you can download it yeah, on their yeah. website um the dice the game system it really reminded me of remember the fighting fantasy game system yes. 2d6 and you had skill and luck yes it really reminded me of that is it basically the same as that um Yes, I mean, okay. Okay. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much as far as I remember. 
Yeah. I think, yeah, like even down to using your health bar to uh, cast spells and so forth. Okay. Which, you know, I mean, it, it's it's pretty effective. Uh, probably one of the things I actually quite liked as a little touch was the inventory system, which is where if you want to draw something out that you're not holding in your hands already, you have to roll 2d6 and roll equal to or under the number of mm-hmm. where it is in your inventory stack. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel it's a great game. It's held back by the fact that the user interface is not not obvious. I was thinking about making a character sheet for it, but I decided I couldn't be bothered because nobody knows or cares who I am in the Troika space. But, yeah, I appreciate it. I think it's definitely worth your time. And free is a very hard price to beat. It is. It is. It is. It is. Uh, the mm-hmm. the opening description of the dwarf, it feels like calling me out. Though it's like you're a short, hairy, belligerent, alcohol dependent creature. I was like, really? Damn. <laughs> I'm just trying to live my life on a Friday. Why are you being like this? <laughs> uh, I know, right? Car. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. personal tax man. Wow. But yeah, free. Free looks good. Yeah, you do have to join the newsletter to download the PDF for free, but you can read it on the website without giving your email address. Free yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's okay. Nice. Other new things. What other new things have we got? Let's have a look. Have a look. Have a look. That's mainly it, apart from the stuff that we're bringing out in 2024, which I wanted to very briefly whip through. But um, is there anything I've missed that you can think of? Yes. Oh, go. Yeah. Doom Guard. Are you excited about that? No. Okay. Uh, so it's a board game. It's a board game. Yeah, based on Savage World Adventure Edition TTRPG. Huh. Yeah, it's based on it, Savage Worlds? It was based oh. on, yeah, on Savage Worlds. Oh, okay. I'm going to let this continue. I do like it's going to be crowdfunding on GameFound. Mm-hmm. That's what I know about it. There's okay. more information on an article on EN Worlds that's gone up just today, if you're interested and want to know more. I don't know much more about it. It's a cooperative board game for two to five players, uh, yeah, based on Savage Worlds. So if you're a Savage Worlds fan and like um, into your board games as well, maybe check that out. Check out the article, hmm. see if it's your vibe. Yeah. But it's coming to GameFound this month. Hmm. There's a bit of news. Right. Enjoy. Shall we whip, whip through our own 2024? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, publishing schedule slate I mean, thing? Yeah. I mean, every month I do like an hour's um, live stream for EN, EN World for our monthly updates. Mm. If people do want more information, we do that on the third Thursday of every month. But do you want to do a quick whip around for the podcast? Mm. So very, I'll do this really quickly. So we because we, we we put out a, a, an article listing the um, different things we're doing this yes. year. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go really quick. So quarter one this year, quarter mm-hmm. one this year, we are bringing out the Gate Pass Gazette Annual 2023. We've already mentioned that. It's on Kickstarter right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't need to don't need to repeat that bit. Then also in quarter one, the Plane Striders Journal, an essential Ooh. guide to the planes and planar travel. It's got over 30 new planes in it. Also web ships and planar travel. A load of player options and an interplanar adventure. Love it. Lovely. Nice big hardcover book of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, quarter two comes the Void Runners Codex. This is sci fi. Mm. This is where A5E goes sci fi. It's Woo. a three book set. Mm-hmm. Um, a three Void Runners set. Codex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Void wow, Runners okay. Codex um, is like the characters, mm-hmm. heritages, classes, equipment, and yeah, yeah. various rules. The Star Captain's Manual is Starships, Starship Combat, and Space Travel. Nice. And then we've got Escape from Death Planet, which is an introductory adventure. Oh, but it'll all okay. be bundled as one thing that you can buy. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. So that I'm is quarter that. two. Mm-hmm. Um, then quarter three. I mean, some of these states might change and slip. They always. That's yeah. always a thing. This but, is our. This uh, is our plan. We're sharing our plan. Yeah. So we got Split the Horde, our first board game. Yeah. Card game. Um, oh, I played that. 
Yeah. Um, so you've killed yeah. a dragon and you're standing around and there's a big old pile of loot there and you're trying to divide the loot up and it's a sort of negotiation get card game and you've got to collect basically the most treasure. Well, the treasure, the that, you, the the treasure that you want for your yeah, yeah. for your goals. Yeah. Yeah. To meet yeah. your secret objectives. Indeed. Yeah. And quarter four, Monstrous Menagerie 2, the sequel to Monstrous Menagerie. And this is lots of new monsters. And also heroic monsters, which makes you able to give monsters levels so they can level up. So your uh, wolf pet or uh, this pesky kobold you keep running into can start leveling up. Okay. Fun. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got a bunch of mini quick starters coming out throughout the year. Um, as we always do sort of in between these things, we've got a night in the library, which is kind of book, uh, an adventure in a library and sort of like book related resources. Loads Secrets of the like, Grave. Yeah. You can guess what that is, basically. Zombie stuff. Uh, yeah. Including exploding zombies. Zombies, sure. exploded zombies. Can you tell I picked these collections? <laughs> a book for tinkerers and inventors, and a collection of high-level adventures. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, they'll be like sprinkled stuff, throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. Like some, some stuff I I can't talk about because it needs to be kept under wraps for reasons that will become clear later on in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I am pretty say currently working with a partner to get a French translation of uh, crafting heritages and cultures. Which was my nice. first book. So mm. hopefully that will entice people to the ways of level up in France. What uh, is yeah. heritages and cultures in French? How do you say that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's why <laughs> you're working with somebody to translate it. That makes sense. Yeah, sorry. Like, I mean, I might, have had a, I might maybe, probably wouldn't have had a go if we, if we were doing it in Spanish, but they seem to know the French RPG scene and they've been recommended to me by um, uh, people like Tim Hutchinson, who mm-hmm. had a thousand-year-old vampire translated into French. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, go. it seems 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 good. So it's it's basically we're going to have to like translate the book, which isn't hugely cheap, but it's doable, and mm-hmm. get it relayed out, which yes. is a pay. But yeah, definitely doable. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping it is successful. So that'd be good. Good luck. Yeah, thank you. Cool, cool. Uh, one last thing: the voting for the most anticipated tabletop RPG of 2024 is still ongoing. It will close in the next week, and we're going to be talking about the results in next week's show. But you've still got a few days left to jump in there and vote. And when we say... And the link is over on Ian Road. The link will be in the in the show notes. And when we say a few days, it is literally this weekend. It closes on Monday the 15th. So yes. you have this weekend. Yeah. And then that gives me three days to compile the result. Four days to compile the result. Ta-da! Ta-da! Right then. Right then. I think we are now done with the yeah. news. The news of Rooney. Wow, can you believe we're ten weeks into this campaign? Only ten weeks to go. Ten more weeks. Somehow it feels like twenty. Uh, what do you mean? Are you not having fun? Oh, we're, ha- we're having fun all right. Yeah, just maybe a bit, you know, too much fun. Uh, too much fun? <laughs> There's no such thing as too much fun. I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like fun as much as the next person. But sometimes, you know, the fun needs a... Uh, uh, uh... Uh, juxtaposition? Excuse me? You know, uh, oh, no. A contrast like, you know, so that we can appreciate the fun. Are you not appreciating the fun? Well, it's not that we're not appreciating it. It's just that it's so relentless. Yeah, relentless fun. Yeah, but surely that's a good thing? Like, everybody likes fun. Everybody likes custard, but there is definitely a thing has too much custard. Um... I don't like custard. Shh, it's a metaphor. I'm pretty sure I don't like metaphorical custard either. 
Oh, look, look. What is it? so what is it you want? You want this game to be less fun? So you'd prefer to not to enjoy it? I just think maybe a little darkness here and there will give the story much needed depth and verisimilitude. Yeah, some stakes which aren't quite so, you know. No, no, I don't know. Stakes which aren't quite so what? I think what we're trying to say is that the more um, jocular elements of the adventure... You know, the the amusing bits, the, the comic relief. Yeah, the amusing sidekicks and the uh, daft monsters. I, I thought you liked the occasional bit of humour. Uh, it's not occasional, is it? It's kind of overwhelming. It's a constant stream of Pythonesque gags. Oh, oh, come on. I mean, say, okay, I know that the sock puppet salesman was a bit much, but, you know, I, I thought we'd move past that. There was the quest for the missing Lana. Yeah, Sir Fluffington. You didn't like that? I, I thought Sir Fluffington was a massive hit. A town run by Mayor Wobblebottom. The narcoleptic dragon, that magic sword with an inferiority complex. Oh, the goblins' team-building picnic, the bridge troll poetry slam, the chicken jousting tournament. Oh, come on, that chicken jousting tournament was hilarious. I mean, I won't deny it. You were all talking about it for days. Look, look, it's it's not like any of these things are bad in isolation. It's it's really just the sheer volume of them. Oh, come on. I mean, it's not that much. It's a light sprinkle of levity here and there. A light sprinkle. Look, in just the last month, we've had a swarm of gummy bears, a ticklish ent, that mysterious case of the exploding sheep, Oh, a, a yodeling yeti, uh, the, the snail's tug-of-war tournament, the uprising of the giant rubber ducks, the goggles of moustache detection. A haunted cheese, a disco dragon, the vorpal sock, a lich doing stand-up comedy, an army of mimes. Oh look, I spent weeks writing that lich's stand-up routine. Yeah, and over an hour delivering it. But it's such good material. You were, we were talking comedy gold here. Mmm, mmm. Nonsense is what it is. What? Nonsense? Uh, come on, be fair. You know, okay, it might be a little over the top, but, you know, nonsense, that's a bit strong. Well, uh, what would you prefer we call a cloak of invisibility to chickens? Or a, or, <laughs> or a wand of quacking? Ludicrous? Ridiculous? General twaddle, an outlandish farce? Utterly preposterous inanity? A big old pile of steaming drivel? I mean, okay, okay, I, I get it. Maybe I'm leaning a little too far into the absurd. I'll... Okay, I'll try to rein it in a bit. Thank you. We appreciate it. We, we love your games. We, uh, we just like a, you know, a, a little more plausibility. Uh, authenticity, if you will. Absolutely. Okay, so no more clowns, no more geese, no more dire badger squads. I'm so glad you took this so well. Ah, we were worried we'd offend you. No, 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 not at all. Look, you know, feedback is good. Feed- feedback is useful. I now know, you know, how to change the direction of the campaign to the story in a more, um... Dramatic? Dramatic. A more dramatic direction. <sighs> I can't wait. Oh, I love me a bit of tension and intrigue. I'm hoping for a spot of suspense. Maybe something even a little sinister. Oh, with the occasional poignant moment, of course. Oh, of course. Right, right, okay. So I'm ready, right, okay. So, let's get back, uh, let's get this show back on the road. Uh, so, one serious, weighty adventure coming up. I've even come up with a name for it. Oh, pray tell us. My friend, welcome 
to... Yes? Yes? The Bumblebee Golem's Great Cheese Heist. I hate you. Why? Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget patreon.com slash morris. Can I go now? Okay, so what we're going to do now is we are going to take, because next week we're going to be looking forward to the most anticipated games of 2024 and looking into the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to take our time machine and instead of looking into the future, we're going to look into the past this week. And we're going to take a look over the roller coaster that can only be described as 2023 in tabletop role-playing games, which was a year where a lot of stuff happened. I mean, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There was good stuff and there was bad stuff. I would say probably more bad stuff than good stuff, but there is good stuff in there. Yeah. There were lots of cool games released. Yeah. But also Dungeons & Dragons did things. Okay. So I can... Um, yes. Right. So this isn't necessarily. Let's not necessarily promise this is all going to be in chronological order. That's too much of a tall order. We're not going to be that organised. But we're basically going to yeah. sort of like think about last year, things that happened last year. Um, if we can remember when when it was, let's try and say. But um, otherwise, we're not. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to try and make this a sort of a really bland sort of like list chronological list. And then just to... in January. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously, okay. the big thing that happened last year was the OGL crisis in January. Yeah, so we, that's how we la- launched the year. That's how we started the year. Was yeah. we started the year with a crisis at Wizards of the Coast, and across the throughout industry. the year, we then moved on to a crisis at Wizards of the Coast. A little later in the year, there was a crisis at Wizards of the Coast. I think sort of around autumnish, there was kind of a crisis at Wizards of the Coast, and then coming towards the end of the year, there was probably a couple of crises. Crisis years, what did we read the word was? Crises. Chris, 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 I, Chris, yeah. <laughs> Wizards of the Coast. So that I think the year was characterised by Wizards of the Coast. Chris, Chris, I. You just say doing a rake stomp fandango. Yeah. <laughs> just like you know that bit from The Simpsons where Sideshow Bob, with his comically oversized feet, is trying to make his way out of the spill oh, the rakes, of a garden yes. rakes. Yes, and every time he takes a step, bam, onto the face. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem to have hurt their sales or stopped them from well, let's, going let's, along. Let's, let's, let's the different life. things that happen with Wizards, though. Just think about it. Yeah, so, yeah. let's start with the OGL crisis, mm-hmm. which we've talked about at length. I think probably anyone listening to this knows what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But basically, they tried to cancel the open gaming license, which is a license which allows third-party creators to make material compatible with D&D and have been using for 20 years and have built up entire companies and infrastructures based around it. Mm-hmm. They tried to cancel it, tried to rescind it. Mm-hmm. They backed down in the end, mm-hmm. fortunately, after a massive, massive backlash. Yeah. Really, really massive. And I've, I don't think they've recovered from that sort of PR-wise yet, because people, I, I kind of keep seeing people, like this is a year later now, people keep saying, 
Why does everyone keep on having a go at Wizards of the Coast or it's a Wizards of the Coast witch hunt and stuff and um, they can't do anything right, can they, and stuff like that. And I think my answer to that is Wizards any other the company... Coast witch hunt? Yeah, yeah, strong people. Goodness. Yeah. Okay, sure, but, sure, why not? Yeah. Another company, if they made a misstep, like accidentally used some AIR and screwed up in that manner, like you'd give them the benefit of the doubt, I think. At least I hope you would. But. No, well, I mean, I've been reading the Ian World forums. Apparently, having the Pinkerton sent around your house is like armed men turning up at your house is okay because, like, you must have been shady for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bizarre. Yeah, but I think Wizards hasn't earned back the trust yet. To to yeah. get the benefit of the doubt, I think mm-hmm. that's the problem there. That's why that happens. Why yeah. you know everything Wizards does, people jump on. Yeah. It's because the, the the damage that was done at the beginning of last year, mm-hmm. while they did, I think, manage to largely salvage it PR wise with the whole Creative Commons thing, where they mm-hmm. put DD yeah. into Creative Commons. Mm-hmm. I don't know what more they could have done from a PR perspective to fix it. Yeah. It it wasn't a, it, it yeah, but it wasn't a complete a complete salvage, and that there are still you know they are still earning back that trust, and when mm. they keep making missteps during that period of earning back that trust, it just makes yeah. that whole process it. take longer, and it's just yeah. I I think another reason as well is because wizards are an industry leader, so they're a big company and they have lots of people doing various bits of jobs. Most other smaller tabletop RPG companies are one or two people enthusiastically mm. running companies. Mm. Um, and so that's why I'm wanting to give them more benefit of the doubt. Because sometimes when you're wearing many hats yeah. and spinning mm. many plates, one of the plates falls. Mm. So usually when it's a smaller company like that, I'm like, okay, I know there's like two or three people doing this. So they messed up and they're trying to fix it. But when it's a big corporation where it's somebody's full-time job to make sure that this bit does that, it's a little bit more... Yeah, I don't know. They have more resources. You think with more resources, you could have more checks and balances. Diligence, mm. yeah. Diligence, that's yeah. the word. Diligence is the word. But anyway, yeah. um, so I, yeah, so... like they can afford to hire editors. They've got proofreaders. They've mm. got like I think they have now definitely started to use sensitivity readers because that was something that was missing from some fairly key work. I mean, I don't know if you've got a sub editor, and there's also the writers. That's four sets of eyes looking at each bit of pa- each page. And like, yeah, that's good. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm pretty fancy in my work. I've got, Ooh. I have a copy editor and proofreader checking my stuff out. But if I make a mechanical mistake, then that's entirely on me. I don't have anyone, like, you know, checking my stuff to prevent it. Um, and, you know, just get, I mean, like, you know, if, if they wanted, they could just give me like $10 million or something. And I, I would make sure they had much more polished book. Just saying. You'd you only know. charge $10 million? Just, I, I know. You, you think I'm getting a bit, bit too uh bit underrating my proposal there i should ask for more but shall we talk a little bit less about the ogl and, and the fun books? yeah we so know that. On from the ogl because we launched the year with the ogl in so. march the uh dungeons and dragons honor amongst thieves film came out it did it did come out and, and that was a good thing i i liked it i think it was i was i was hoping it would i felt it did capture the spirit of a D campaign like those i was hoping it would moments. be more successful than it was i think yeah uh, i was mainly. i was hoping it would be a gateway into the hobby for some people mm. and but i i i you know i think it was and maybe, i imagine I some people saw it and were like oh let's try out this this D yeah, thing maybe yeah but it was a fun movie and it was you know it was a good thing and you know it's good to see like the hobby getting more and more mainstream it's not like it's the first ever D movie obviously but um you know, and there have been, what, two or three, haven't there? I think this was, was two? 
I think this is the best of the D&D movies that I've oh, cool, seen. Of course, yeah, without a yeah. doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, another yeah. thing to mention is loads of new tabletop RPGs came out as well, and especially, and I think January gave really good sales for game companies that were not Wizards of the Coast, because a lot of people mm. went, ah, oh, screw this OGL situation, we're going to go buy Yeah, like Cha- Chaosium um, mm-hmm. sold out yeah. over, at the beginning of the year, because tons of people went over to Chaosium and checked out Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Yeah. Loads and loads of people. Um, Pathfinder, massive, massive mm-hmm. boost from that. Um, I mean, we did as well. We had we had a, yeah. a really good a start of the year as well. Yeah. Took a look at Level Up. That yeah, yeah. Doing it well. um, so yeah, so basically, it didn't last. It didn't last the whole year, but the first quarter of the year, I think, was there was a it was a decent boom there for for, indie for alternatives to D and D. Yeah. Which, which is kind of cool. And speaking I mean, of alternatives to D&D, there's also been new ones made, of course, like uh, that are even spilling into this year. So we have, you know, the basic universal role-playing system uh, came out and then also Pathfinder's doing a new addition to DOGL via We have Project Black Flag, now Tales of the Valiant. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got the MCDM system. Well, the MCDM's just a new game. It was like... But I feel like it's an alternative to D&D because it is like a fantasy... Setting. I feel if you've played a lot of D and D, you're going to be very comfortable moving over to playing that game. I guess. I guess. You know, it feels very different to D and D to me. That game, from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah, it it is very different to D and D. But like, um, from what I've seen, obviously, I haven't seen the final product because it's not done. But like, yeah, yeah, it will be different. But I feel the vibes and the tone, which I think for a lot of people is what's important about the game. Mm. Yeah, going back to sort of wizards. And there, yeah. So mm-hmm. we're seeing how they they launch with the OGL. I just want to, I just want to really, really quickly just shoot through Wizards Year. Okay. Because that's right. that's kind of, and it, this is quite negative. It is quite a negative section. But I think if we shoot through Wizards Year, we can then talk about other stuff afterwards, which is less negative. Okay. All right. Okay. So, um, so Wizards Year. So they start with the OGL thing, beginning yeah. of the year, end of last year, beginning of the year. Start with the OGL thing. They have this creators summit early in the year where they invited, um bloggers and YouTubers and third-party curators. I, I got invited to that trip, which was kind of billed as a way for wizards to talk to these people, these creators that create content. And by content, they mean not just compatible material, they mean videos about their stuff and uh, yeah, content well, creators in, a, in the YouTube sense. It, it was mostly YouTubers and online personalities that they wanted to speak to rather than People actually made stuff for their games, as I recall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and basically, that was that was part of the problem. Um, there was a bit of a backlash where a mm. lot of the actual people who create gaming material, yeah. you know, pushed back, saying, "Wait a minute! This is at this creator summit. You haven't invited any of us. You've mainly mm. just invited Press. YouTubers and stuff." Um, that was a miscommunication, I think, because by creator mm. they mean YouTube uh, creator, as in the way YouTube uses the term creator, like a, not as the, as the way the TTRPG industry uses. Yeah, the term they, they don't they don't want they don't want game creators. Yeah. They want online video content creators. But they did turn around. They did turn around and invite game creators after that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah I mean, I yeah, including myself. Um, so, mm. but it turned out to be more of a, a marketing event, mm. and people kind of turned up expecting this to be a conversation about mm. some of the things going on with wizards and how how wizards could support creators and some of the, some of the issues that were going on and this is before a lot of the later stuff in the year had happened so yeah. mm. so um it was post OGL so yeah you know things like that so people kind of thought they were going to get to talk about that and stuff and it was more of a marketing event and so pretty mm. much people kind of rebelled and just pretty much turned it into a 
sort of um, Channel and Apple client calls it a referendum on Wizards' business and hiring practices. Well, <laughs> you know, that's basically what it kind of turned into. Like, all the Q&A sessions weren't about, hey, what great stuff have you got coming out? It's, uh, what are you going to do for marginalised creators? What are you going to do for um, people trying to buy stuff in the global south? What are you going to do for, about this, that, and all this sort of stuff? It was, it, it turned into that, which was not Wizards' intention. No, I imagine. You know, so that, so that happened. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, um, we had oh, Big B Presents, Glory of the Giants, yeah. um, got published, and there was some art that was obviously AI in the book itself. It was a freelance artist who submitted the AI art, but it hadn't been picked up by the uh, chain of command going up through the Wizards art department and stuff. At which point, Wizards kind of turned around and said, okay, we're putting this policy in place. No AI art. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not that that kind of stuck for the rest of the year, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, easier said than done, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they basically got, they, they got called out tw- twice more. Yeah. Um, so there was... Give me more yeah, to be gracious could... about. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. They, got, they, got, they got called up twice more for art. Um, one was one falsely mm. for that YouTuber mm. who claimed that they'd yeah. used AI art in some marketing material when they hadn't. Yeah. Mm. And then once correctly, when they denied they'd used some AI art in some Magic the Gathering marketing material when they had, which we actually talked about earlier in the episode. So... That, you know, so the AI art thing hasn't been fixed at Wizards yet. That's still yeah. a that's still a, a problem for them. Mm. What else did we have? We had the Pinkertons. They sent the Pinkertons around to um to you know forcibly recover some Magic the Gathering cards that have been accidentally sold. Yeah. In advance to somebody. Yeah. Uh, which oh, guess what? Got pushed back against as well. As a you know. Yeah. It turns out Wizards have been using the Pinkertons for years as well. By the way, it's like uh since like twenty seventeen wow. or so. Okay. Yeah, and for those who don't know, they're kind of they're owned by a Swiss company now. They're actually a Swedish company now. Um, right. them. But um, originally, I think it was like was it like the eighteen hundreds or so they came about, mm. and they were basically kind of like a private detective agency, but more they were just sort of enforcers, as I understand it. Yeah, like if I said paramilitary, that is a more modern phraseology, but I think would reflect their methodology as it was espoused in the eighteen uh, hundreds better. Big Beijing- Machine guns stuff, yeah. Machine machine guns, anti-union stuff, yeah. In private hands, used to try and break up strikes. Machine guns, Mm. like I'm just, Mm. yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. Paramilitaries, I think, really is a better description of what they did at the time. I mean, it's still illegal for the U.S. Congress to hire them. Mm. So you know, due to how badly they uh, managed to make themselves, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, well, so then we had Hasbro laying off like o- of about two thousand over the year in total, because it was eight hundred people early in the year, mm-hmm. and another another eleven hundred towards the end of the year, which pretty much wiped out a lot of people at Wizard of the Coast. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's it was, and that was all planned. It. I mean, that's going back to October twenty two yeah. when they actually planned it out. And said we want three hundred million cost savings, and mm. that, that means you're people. not gonna do that by saving bits on um like toy factories and so forth. You're you're actually gonna get you get rid of people. Yeah, yeah, as you say, Jess. Mm. Yeah, so that was kind of that was kind of wizards' terrible mm. year. They did not have a good year. They kind of like misstep after misstep after misstep this year. But did it affect year. their profitability? Did it affect their revenue and income? Yeah, oh, really? Has their share price changed? Because all the shareholders 
undergoing misery of just getting dividends as opposed to a rising share price. Well, the Hasbro share price, obviously, that's that's you know that's a that's a different issue to how well Wizards. Is. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Like Wizards as a department within Hasbro has been doing very well, but Hasbro as a whole has not been doing well. Yeah. So the share price hasn't you know been doing so well, but Wizards you know as, as I understand it is you know they're they're golden goose they're, they're you know they're. Well, the most profitable part of the yeah. company. That's yeah. why there were talks, I think, was it back in 2022 that we reported on that they were trying mm. to separate them as their own, like, branch of the company so that they could have yeah. their own share prices and be a... Mm. Yeah, but that didn't come yeah, to yeah. There was a Yeah, there was some shareholders mm-hmm. um, formed a sort of coalition and tried to tried to force that through. It didn't happen. No. But that yeah. Was, yeah. I, mean, um, I mean, since then, the, the, those same shareholders are fully on board with Project Excellence, which is that aforementioned $300 million of, uh, quote, cost savings, unquote. Mm, yeah. So, I wonder if Wizards better. Year this year will be any better, given that they've got the new D&D books coming out. Well, I think yeah. I think the business's priority is revenue and sales, and that is continuing despite these PR things, so why yeah. would they change it? I, I mean, they, 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 they've managed to, to, like, claw back some problems from becoming full-blown ones. For mm-hmm. instance, the deck of many things, they had it sent out uh, yeah, and the right. cards weren't cut properly. Mm-hmm. So they managed to catch that snag, yep. sort it out, and get people out, get uh, cards out to people that weren't horribly uh, messed up. And mm. apparently these are very much the business. Um, although for, I feel maybe that sort of misjudged their market in some ways, because there's a lot of people I see online who are like, oh, but I've had to tear apart the packing case. Mm. And, you know, I try not to let that sort of thing get to me, but I, I don't know if I would be able to stop it, because I just feel really bad about destroying, like, a beautiful thing that that it came in, if that mm. makes sense. You know, I'd, I'd, like, want to preserve it whole. I feel like it's just, like, mm. you know, wanting... I, I, don't, I, I, I can't really explain that sort of urge to, like, you know, create your collection and look after it really carefully, but... Um, I feel like that's sort of been missed for some reason. I was it's, that's a bit sad, really. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. so, but you know, on a, on, on the positive side, D and D related, you know, the movie was good, and Baldur's Gate Three is a great like, kicked ass, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that game. If yeah. people didn't know, <laughs> I've not mentioned <laughs> Who knew it. Just? Who knew? Just yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the signs were um, subtle, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, no, no, that's that 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 for one. <laughs> no, that was that was a massive triumph. That was that was yeah. that was great. Mm-hmm. So, what else happened? So, you know, the uh, Open RPG Creative License Orc License from you know spearheaded by Paizo, yeah, um, came out, and um, uh, Paizo went to completely divorce Pathfinder from D and D, stripping out any sort of D and D, you know, SRD content. From their games, renaming what they had to do, all sorts of stuff. So their their new version of the game, which they call Pathfinder Remaster, um, has no, you know, um, not even an owlbear. Yeah, not even an owlbear in there. D and D thoroughly deoglified. Yeah, yeah. But will there be a bear? Thoroughly, thoroughly. Sorry. Will there be a bear? They should just call it a bear. Yeah, that's the way forward. Yeah. Stick that in the monstrous menagerie. Done. Yeah, and then of course, Kerbal Press also did Tales of the Valiant, which was, um, you know, their um, well, um version of Five E. Yeah, I, I mean, like that. That's certainly the Kickstarter. I've every reason to believe it will be with us mm. soon. 
Mm-hmm. It's definitely on its way. People are working on it. Absolutely. I mean, it's not, mm. it's not here, but, you know, it's on its way. And they just done a Kickstarter for their DMG. So, you know, it's mm. well on its way to being yeah. 50, 60% complete, which is going to be great really interesting great to goes. see how well that does because, mm. because it was, you know, announced in the wake of the OGL thing. There was a lot of enthusiasm for the idea of alternatives to D&D. But I kind of feel like that has died down. And I wonder if the sort of, like, you know, desire, impetus, the momentum um, to to do that has dropped a bit. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we'll see how the next Kickstarter goes, I guess, and see see how well the... Because the first one did over a million dollars, which I think went to show that there was definitely a desire for that product. Mm-hmm. Whether the second one will or not, I don't know. Yeah. Uh... Hard to say. It's certainly something I see a lot of chatter about online. Mm. And I must say, if you'd be like, mind your own business, there's some PJ coffee. I said, oh, don't forget about Level Up Advanced Fifth Edition. Then you're welcome. Um, I don't know why you, you wouldn't know who I was if you listened to the podcast, but I'm the same person who's been telling you about it. But yes, uh, Advanced Fifth Edition is available to play, and mm-hmm. I quite like it, which is nice. I am looking forward to Tales of the Valiant. It will be, I imagine, quite good fun. I'm looking forward to creating some sort of horrendous sticky hybrid of the game systems, wherever mm. I can. There's no way this can possibly go wrong. No. <laughs> what could go wrong? <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. Oh, hi, sorry. You crack yeah. on. There were the big successes. There was Critical Role filled Wembley Arena. Do you remember that last year? Critical Role yeah. had a good year, yeah. I was going to talk yeah. about them. So filling yeah. Wembley uh, Arena I mean, for one of them. Yeah, Wembley, they did fill Wembley Arena, but they, they had a damn good go at it. Uh, 12,500 seats. What's the capacity of Wembley Arena? Uh, it says 60, sold out. 60,000 or so? No. Not Wembley Arena, you're thinking Wembley Stadium. Oh, okay. Yeah, probably, actually, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm thinking of the big art, so yeah. Yes, yes, you're thinking of the football pitch. Yeah. Maybe yeah. next year, that's next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot bigger than the arena. Okay. <laughs> um, well, there you go, that's, yeah. How, yeah. that's how close they are in front of them, yeah. There was also um, Taldori Reborn, the critical role setting book on D&D Beyond. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, well, not just that. They put some uh, a few third-party stuff on mm-hmm. D&D yeah. Beyond, didn't they? They put some Ghostfire Gaming stuff yeah. up there. Mm-hmm. So D&D uh, Beyond starting to stock the... things mm-hmm. that weren't from Wizards. Yeah. I want to say the Dungeon Dudes. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dungeons yeah. of Dragonheim, I think it was, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, but yeah. going back to Critical Role as well, of course, they mm. released their, their book, uh, Candela Obscura. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, and they've got plans to do Daggerheart as well, which they announced and talking about. Daggerheart, I think it's going to be the big one. Yeah. I think. Uh, yes, that's coming out this year, isn't it? That was yeah. talked yeah. about last year. But- and they're going to do their actual plays showcasing them. And I think that'll be yeah. really... They're really different from D&D, both the systems. Yeah. And I think that's possibly really good for the, for the industry because I think a lot of people came to Critical Role, found Dungeons & Dragons that way. So I think... Being introduced um, to new systems by Critical Role will mm. make people go, oh, there's other stuff and there's different things and hopefully spread around to other parts of the industry as well. Mm. So I'm pleased to see them, to see Darrington Press making their own things and, and yeah. doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's anyone that could be an ambassador that just sort of sits, stands up and says, hey, look, there's stuff other than D&D you could try. Mm. It's that. They're well-placed to do that. Yeah, yeah. And just get the idea, the seed of the idea yeah. that there are alternatives, yeah. Exactly. Basically. So, um, yeah, please see Candela Obscura out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else happened? Oh, do you remember some, someone trying to... St- no, not trying to steal. They did actually steal oh, um, oh, yeah. like a magic quarter of a million cards. dollars yeah. of Magic the Gathering cards from a 
from a convention, was it? And chose, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. They, yeah. they just they just strolled up and and didn't wear masks or anything. Just, yeah, they've been caught, just, haven't they? Yeah, they were on yeah, those CCTV yeah. and they were like yeah. hadn't they had they weren't even wearing like a face covering. They just strolled like, out, yeah, like yeah. a, a like, COVID mask. Did they have their, Didn't they have like t-shirts with their company name on them? They or did, something? yes, something they did. They had t-shirts with their logos or their yeah. It I, wasn't. I mean, it sort of makes sense it, in some respects, but also no. It very well. much felt <laughs> like an RPG heist with obvious things that you shouldn't do. Things like that, like somebody, you know, walked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a sketch, to be honest. I should write a really bad heist sketch for that next episode. There we go, it's next week's. <laughs> they do uh, everything wrong. Sorted. Yeah. <laughs> we, of course, had lots of Unearthed Arcana playtests, so we're hearing mm. a lot more about the not new edition of D&D, the 2024 yeah. revised core rule books or whatever it's currently being called that's not a new edition. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. going on. I really Ooh. enjoyed some things from Free League. Of course, they kept pumping out all the licenses. So we had, mm-hmm. you know, Blade Runner, The Walking Dead. Um, oh, gosh, what else? She says, look at yourself. Uh, Dragonbane. One Ring, was that this year? Last year? I think it was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Oh, no, maybe the Kickstarter was the year before when it came out. Though. Yeah, maybe it was that. Yeah. But yeah, so loads of licenses coming from them, uh, which is very cool to see. I mean, there, there's been a lot of big successes this year. Mm. There's, you know, apart from Freely, like Kickstarter has had its equal best year ever for million dollar Kickstarters. Yeah. Um, it had like stuff from Freely, obviously, because mm-hmm. it always has stuff from Freely. Monty Cook Games got a couple in there. Yeah. Um, old gods of um, Appalachia, Appalachia, um, and things like that, and backer kit, you know, as well. We're, uh, remembering the uh, what's it mm. called, the role playing game for Gloomhaven. Yeah. So I yeah. think other backer kit as a crowdfunding platform is having quite a few successes as well mm. for big creators. Yeah, of the top three tabletop RPG crowdfunding projects ever, two of them are now backer kit. Yeah. Number one still Kickstarter with Avatar. Yeah. But then you got two backer kits straight after that. And I wonder mm-hmm. if that's the case that if you're big enough, it doesn't matter what crowdfunding platform you use. I wonder if it's a case of that opposed to Possibly. Time will tell. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Possibly. I mean, this is counting Gloomhaven, which was a reprint of Gloomhaven with an RPG black on top. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, please riding elephants and so forth, sure. Okay. I don't. I don't know if we can say that Pack is the new home for role-playing game Kickstarters or crowdfunders. Indeed, and Kickstarter and does have a lot of space. Indeed, if I'm and, and saying that's, Kickstarter so crowdfunding, mm. and that's why I did not use those words. Mm. But yeah, I was just saying there have been some projects for tabletop on Backkit that done well. I wonder if mm. that's just because if you have a large enough following, you're big enough, it doesn't matter what yeah. crowdfunding platform you use. But remains yeah. to be seen. We shall see. But I, in a way, I think it's good that there are other crowdfunding platforms that are being used because generally monopolies in any industry are not. Competition a good is good for the consumer, basically. Yes. Generally speaking. Yes. Uh, uh, and consumer means people release. buying the games, but also for publishers, because if there's only one platform you can use, you kind of don't have a choice about percentages or the way you do business or terms. Yeah. 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 Of course, the only danger of that is it fragments your audience and might mean you're reaching less people on any specific one. But true. that doesn't seem to have been the case so far yet. Very true. Um, yeah. I think well, it would need a I lot mean, more fragmentation for that to happen. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Kickstarter was, I think, at one point, proposing to look at NFTs and its own cryptocurrency and so forth. A few forth. years ago. That was two or three years ago now. But yeah, they yeah. backed down on that, didn't they? Mm. They, they? they did. They were like, 
wait, what, nobody nobody likes this? Yeah. Mm. I mean, to be fair, like, Chaosium was thinking about it as well at one point. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it, yeah. it's de- definitely been interesting, although these yeah. bubbles have since burst pretty much mm. conclusively, so... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, the big releases were there this year. There was Marvel, Marvel Multiverse came out last year, didn't it? Mm, need to play uh, that. Matt by Matt Forbeck. I haven't played it. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, got, I've got the I've got the playtest version. I don't think I've got the final one. Yeah, I remember you saying you bought the playtest version of that. Yeah, and, yeah. But yeah, I've seen someone offering to rent it. But yeah, mm. yeah. Um, big games that people yeah. were excited about that came out was Household by Two Little Mice as well, which mm-hmm. I have, which is. It's a very pretty, very pretty collection. You can see them behind me. They look like books, so it's a very pretty thing. And Shadow yeah. of the Weird Wizard as well. Um, the update oh, of Shadow yes. of the Demon Lord. Well, uh, the kids' version of it. Ooh. I don't want to. Well, it's, <laughs> I don't know if it... Well, it's more family-friendly, certainly. Yeah. But Yeah, maybe kids' version is not quite the right way yeah, to describe yeah, yeah, yeah. it. But yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah I, know, the, I knew where you were going. Maybe I'm being pedantic. With the Far West thing. Mm-hmm. So this is possibly one of the most delayed Kickstarters in history. Oh, really? What's... Finally delivered. When was it crowdfunded? So this was a Kickstarter which funded in 2011. (gasps) Okay, that's impressive. It funded in 2023. Far West, Western Wuxia RPG. That genuinely, that was... That That does sound like the most of the words I would like. (laughs) How... 12-year difference is a mm. deal-breaker. It, it has become infamous over the last decade as being the sort of, like, the top of the, sort of, like, Kickstarter fails How? list. How? What? Um, well, it's Peace me... Now Exalted Further, which I thought mm. would be a record that stood unbroken Why? by a Kickstarter that actually delivered, so, yeah. Mm. How did it take that long? What's, what's going on? I mean, I don't know what went on behind the scenes. I wasn't paying attention. Uh, all I know is that people got very angry for about 10 years and finally it came out people were angry on the internet what yeah i think it went it went past anger to the point where people were too angered out i would have given up on it after if i haven't had a kickstarter fulfilled like a decade beyond what it said it was going to be i'm like well that's but it did it delivered it delivered so finally yeah i mean i'm still wait i've got a kickstarter that's so delayed the guy's like yeah i'm going to need to a second kickstarter to get the funds together to pay to finish it that's what mm, um, can I talk about that? Yeah, I can. Uh, Do yeah, you want he, to? Yeah. Well, see, he, Heroes of Tara, which I mm-hmm. backed because I'm like, oh, an Irish theme, an Irish mythology themed Kickstarter. That yeah. cool. uh, That seems quite respectful. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I'm like this. This sounds very much my cup of tea. Uh, I'd like to uh, have a look. And yeah, like the guys had problems, and now they're looking for what he describes as a very achievable seven thousand dollar goal. I'm like... To, on a second Kickstarter? On a second Kickstarter. He's not asking for funding. Yeah, this is a July 2021 Kickstarter. Yeah. It's been two years, and... So yeah. what are they selling on the second Kickstarter? The book, again. But you can't sell yeah. the same thing again on Kickstarter. It won't let you. Well, that's what I'm thinking. It's... it's I Basically, at this point, I'm just like, I'm not seeing this book, because if he needs $7,000 off Kickstarter, he ain't getting it, quite frankly. Huh. Um, it's to pay for the editing, uh, yeah, pay for editing, editing and layout. Yet. All well, laid out yet. So it's basically just a manuscript. A manuscript still. Like, I mean, they they pay £3,000, I guess, £3,000 in editing, which is like, they said 
$3,800, yeah. What did they uh, raise in their first Kickstarter? How much? Uh, let's have a look, actually. Uh, what did you say it was called? Uh, Heroes of Tara. G-A-R-A. That's it, yeah. Which, like I say, is actually a fairly good name. I mean... Yeah, there it is. Yeah, okay, I found it. So, yeah. So, they got $41,000. Yeah. They got $41,000, and you're saying that they haven't even got it edited yet? It's just a manuscript. They've done... And they've run out of money. I don't know too much, but he says okay. they need another $7,000 to finish off editing and, uh, I believe, layout. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh, here, here we go. All right. Um, so this is posted January 11th. Oh, very recently. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, um, that's, what, that's sort of at the forefront of my mind when we're talking about <laughs> Kickstarters ain't delivered. You know. uh, right. So they made $41,000. Yes. Yeah. It looks like of that $41,000, they... I don't know whether it's clear that they've not got the $41,000 anymore or just realised that $41,000 isn't enough. I think oh, it's the latter. I think it's, um, it's not enough. They've, they they've had to spend money, money from that $41,000 for their own personal life, which I guess makes sense, but it's just like, I don't know quite. Ah, yeah. there we go. I must admit, my personal finances are currently rather meagre, and in order to make ends meet, I was forced to break into the book's remaining budget. As a result, there was no longer enough to guarantee payment for the editor and layout designer. Wow. So $41,000. Yeah. And they've got a manuscript, haven't even edited or laid it out. Well, it's 50% bigger than it was initially anticipated. I know, but the I'm manuscript... Like, that, that, like, I understand what you're saying. The manuscript dude, didn't cost $41,000, did it? No, no, no. It's like... Well, this is their first creative project, so I think this yeah. might be... There's so many elements and costs to fulfilling a Kickstarter, yeah, like when yeah. you do the shipping, the fulfillment, the printing. I think sometimes people don't budget that correctly for scale because mm. this had a goal of 10,000. And I think yeah. if you're planning your finances on that and then it scales to 41, sometimes it... Well, he's writing a book that's 50% bigger than he thought it was originally going to be. Right. And like, I, I mean, I do get it. I struggled for several months with one of my books because I just wanted to provide um, a way... To, it's basically one if by land, two if by sea, three if by air. I was basically battering my brains out, trying to make um, it so that there was a way to price up your own vehicles because that's what I very much wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So you can mm. create something and and cost the various attributes. I couldn't make it work. Mm. And I realised, oh, well, I didn't actually promise that I'd put that in. Mm-hmm. So I had to fall back to the minimum thing, which mm-hmm. I said, which minimum was what the book was. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, like we we got we got some stuff on it, and it's like beautifully laid out. But yeah, it's like basically what I it's a contract essentially that I'm agreeing mm. to. This is what I said it will do, and this is what I'm delivering. And mm. I don't I don't really see why it's like fifty percent bigger than it is. But I mean, at this point, I'm just like kind of disappointed, really, because I was hoping yeah. to have. I was, I, was, I was quite looking forward to this book because it. I don't know I mean, if Kickstarter will, will, will approve this. Seems unlikely. I'll, when they, I'll be honest. Yeah, when they when they when they submit their second project for approval, I I will be. I mean, I, I can't speak for Kickstarter. Maybe it's, they will, but it I, seems I, against I will not be surprised their, their if terms, Kickstarter does not approve because they have rules yeah. about what you can and can't. Yeah. Crowdfund yeah. for. And, and and also, I'll be honest. Like the man said, oh yeah, yeah. All I need is another two hundred backers. And it's like. Well, good luck, I suppose, but mm. I'm not giving you any more money. I, get, I pay for my book. Sorry. So yeah. he wants an extra 200 backers on top of the ones he's already got. And yeah, that that seems optimistic to me. I yeah. mean, I could be wrong. Maybe it will go smoothly. 
and I'll have my book before the end of 2024, in which case I'll definitely be singing his praises saying, good work, Jacob Jerkinson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Well, that was a kickstart. So that's two kickstarter disasters we've just discussed. But disasters. Sorry. Yeah, kick, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but there Sorry. were like nine million dollar Kickstarters. Wow. In twenty twenty three. And that's not counting the uh, that's not counting the um packet kits. So it's yeah. eleven in total. Um uh crowdfunding campaigns in twenty twenty three. So it was a big year for that stuff. Yeah. We had uh what we had? we had the uh, the Crooked Moon Folk Horror, we had Ryoko's Guide to the Yokai Realms, Obajimba Tales from the Tall Grass, Dolmenwood, Shadow Dark. Moria, mm. Through the Doors of Durin, TMNT, Tales mm. of the Valiant, World of Dew's Lair, Dungeons and Lasers, and then we had MCDM, and we had, what was the other one? One more, one more, one more, I can't remember. What was it? Oh. Gloomhaven, which Peter refuses to count, but Gloomhaven. <laughs> um, yeah, sure, it's, it's, it's an RPG. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just, <laughs> just happens to have a massively popular board game yeah. that comes with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> There yeah. we go. Um, yeah. So it's a shame itch funding and uh, hasn't really taken off. No, I mean, I mean it has taken off. It's just doing well. It's got a lot of stuff on it. Um, I don't know what it's like for any individual creator on it. Yeah, it really seems like more of a platform to go to if you want to like a charity bundle out there. Yeah. Um, because I was like talking to someone online and they were telling mm. me about Locust, a uh, horror role playing game, because they'd like to see it stood next to Mothership. And Call mm. of Cthulhu, mm. it sounded mm. quite interesting. So I was like, oh, work out buy it. And I said, oh, I'll just get it from Mitch. I went, mm. I actually already had bought it. Because huh. I'd backed one of these bundles where you get like a million games. I just hadn't got around to reading it yet. What mm. a nice treat to find. Yeah. It's like when you yeah. find a fiver in your pocket, isn't it? <laughs> I, I mean, I've got to say, right, there is, there is definitely a good chance that I'll be running that at some point this year. Mm. Because um, our club is doing like uh, monthly one-shots. And it's not like we're prohibiting Dungeons and Dragons or whatever, but it's like just give the GMs a break mm-hmm. and one shot, which will probably be of a different system. I think Might not one be. shots are great to try out new systems because mm. I get not wanting to commit to a whole campaign if you're not sure on the system. Yeah. But a one shot, worst case scenario, you sit somewhere for four hours and kind of eh, have an okay time. Not yeah. even that, three hours. <laughs> three hours, for example, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's a really, really valuable skill. I'd recommend if you haven't run a one shot. It is worth getting practicing and trying to mm-hmm. fit to a time slot. Go to conventions, try uh, those out. Because actually, just being able to. Me. Well, yeah, it's like a bit stressful, but it's quite mm. fun as well. You know? it's Ooh, just like, you're going to be you're going to be running some chess soon. I know. Oh, you love it. I know. Yeah, tell people what to do. They'll love. They'll, they'll enjoy it's that. not. It's not that bad, honestly. The first yeah, first yeah. few times I did it, I was really nervous, but it's people are really nice generally. You know, you hear all the horror stories and stuff, but I think generally people are pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Um, I'm not worried about other people not being nice. I'm worried about mm. I'm not going to be good enough. That's that's oh. that's the fear. Like you'll be fine. Other people being mean, yeah. I can handle. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, basically, like, what what does I'm being good enough mean in this context? Uh, people have fun playing the game that I'm running. <laughs> well, I, 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 I mean, quite frankly. A lot of the time, I'm not convinced that I'm I'm really contributing anything to the situation apart from like um uh <laughs> facilitating and um, facilitating their fun as they build it up themselves. Yes, I'm just like yeah, this this is pretty cool. They they seem happy. I'm gonna let this continue. Okay, well, time sticking on. Best move on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, and that, that 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 people seem extremely happy with that. I'm like yeah, this is good. 
Mm, I hope I that's think... the case. I hope that's the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, was there anything else in 2023 you can think of? Oh, I know. I thought of something mm. that happened. Um, Netflix being sued by... Um, oh, oh. Uh, Evil Genius. Evil, yeah. Evil Genius about the mm. Rebel Moon. Yeah, yeah. RPG. And that's still ongoing. Mm. That is still ongoing. Because um, the, the movie's come out now. It's on yes. the Netflix. I saw it's it. On, it's, it's on one or more Netflixes. Are there any other big highlights of 2023? For me, yeah. the, the OGL... Did anything else happen in 2023? A few games, Paranoia, another edition of Paranoia came out. Mm-hmm. Pendragon mm-hmm. Starter Set came out. I played um, that. Not Starter Set, I, I played Pendragon, that was good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've never played it. I have it, I've never played it. I mean, it's its, its own thing. It's, um, it's very moving the spotlight around. It needs everyone to buy in. So at mm-hmm. one stage, my character was fighting a duel with someone Mm-hmm. All nightly battle, and the other players had to be happy, standing on the sidelines cheering me on. Mm. So, like, there was no way they could actually materially affect the duel without breaking the codes of honor. So, mm. yeah, kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's kind of the year, isn't it? That is kind, kind of, of the year. Loads of cool kind of indie games have been out as well. But go into mm. depth for them. Check out not D and D, I'd say. But yeah, loads yeah. of very yeah. cool indie stuff I mean, the, coming out as well. The the, the level up Kickstarter, Kickstarter, the level up. Box set came out, so that was quite cool. Uh, yeah, hasn't come out yet. Well, it's, it we crowdfunded yeah, it, it, but it doesn't it, yeah. exist in our hands yet. No, yeah. she says doing this weird yeah. gesture. Jessica is forming some crab claws for reasons yeah. better known to herself. Yeah, it's on its way. Then I'm looking forward to it. I don't think they're known to me, Peter. Uh, it's just carcinization in progress. Everything becomes a crab eventually. Exactly, mm. everything yeah. becomes a crab. Yeah, and like I finished one book, managed to get funding for another. That's uh, good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I'm oh, going to be able to get the backers very soon. Oh, taken. Mm. Oh, just that last 5%. Well, did it take 10 years? I, I mean, I have Far West and Exalted Third Edition and the Heroes of Tara to console me that I'm not quite that. Yeah, there don't, we go. No, no, don't, don't take this as inspiration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a target to beat, by the way. Uh, I, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty comfortable I can beat their times, like, literally. <laughs> I don't want. I don't think I want to beat their times to delay. That would be. Mm. Thing is, with, that, that I think I'd actually become unwell if that happened. Mm. Thing is with Kickstarters, it's always just managing expectations. So whenever you yeah. think you're going to deliver your Kickstarter, add two or three months to that deadline. Because if you do finish when you think you are and you get to fulfill two months early, great. But how often does that actually happen? Very rarely. Mm. I I mean, it just depends on the team you're working with. Mm. I've worked with some people before, other people that haven't, and it's it's been an education. Yeah. With an education. Every yeah. day's um, a school day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's not been too bad. Um, I, I, can, I can do some more stuff. Uh, I do have some plans for this year. Uh, if I can, I'll get some uh, cobalt with revolvers out there, because that sounds like a fun time. Nice. Yeah. Well, I like to support the GMs out there, and I, I do find revolvers in D&D and A5E quite annoying, because it's just like they don't really fit. They're massively overpriced. And also, the monsters don't have them. Mm. And if you've got people slinging guns, then the monsters would definitely also be slinging guns, they guaranteed. Would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just look at a Western. It's like pretty much every random cowpoke has a revolver. And that's because you could just, you could, you could just is reskin quite the monster's bow to a revolver, though. Yeah. Just say it's a revolver. <laughs> a revolving yeah, sure. bow. I, I, I thought I might, I, I might build on the concept slightly, uh, but again, that's showing my interest in things like Warhammer Fantasy and so forth. Mm. There we go. Legally distinct from Skaven in many ways. Yeah. yeah. Well, are we wrapping up Oh, I know. I think, yeah, I think we're done. Yeah, I think, I think we're that's done. It. That's it. So next week, 
next week we're going to talk about most anticipated RPGs of 2024 well, well if, you, if you're listening to this on Monday I think the polls will already have come uh, yes, yeah, yeah. that goes on Monday. On Monday the 15th of January, so you have this very weekend to place your vote right. and tell us. Alright, thanks, thanks for watching, bye bye. Bye bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. I was talking to somebody about vines the other day as well. Mm, Um, Bless. Oh, oh, I'd forgotten they even existed. Because they didn't know the reference. Look at all those chickens. Mm. And I was trying to explain it, but it's really hard to explain a meme when someone wasn't there and vines doesn't exist anymore. I think if someone doesn't get the meme, there's no point trying to explain it because it won't be funny even after you've explained it. I tried. (laughs) What can I say? (laughs) Russ, we know that jokes are always better when they're explained. Mm. Oh, yeah, of course. And repeated multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know know how it works? If someone doesn't laugh the first time, you tell the joke again and again and again and again. And eventually they'll laugh just to get you to shut up. Yeah, yeah. At which point you win. That's how comedy works.